Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning. Hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney Tim Seckler. Good morning and welcome to this week's edition of the Life and Legacy Show. My name is Tim Seckler from the Seckler Law Firm in Cranberry Township, PA, where uh, where great families make great estate plans. We, uh, My law firm does wills and trusts and powers of attorney. We do post-death administration. We do an awful lot of what we call nursing home crisis cases, which is uh, when we help families understand public benefits and how to pay for long-term care expenses once they need the care if they haven't properly planned ahead of time. Um, and... So because we do a lot of that work, you know, we have our our philosophy at our law firm on on how we do this type of planning. And, and I'd like to share that with you. Now, this week's episode is going to be called uh, Be Careful Who You Listen To. Last week's ep- episode was called Be Careful What You Sign. And if you haven't listened to that one, it's, it's a good read, especially if you're considering your long-term care options. It's a good listen if you're considering your, uh, your long-term care options. <clears throat> Before I get into the material, though, just a reminder that you can always find some awesome information at com. It is spelled S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com. You can find lots of articles. You can find pre-recorded workshops and seminars. You can attend one of our upcoming workshops. You can find the old uh, episodes of this radio show. So if you're listening to this on FM radio or AM radio, you can also find it as a podcast on your phone. If you don't know how to do that, ask your grandchild or your uh, or your kid or just, you know, check it out on YouTube. Or, uh, uh, speaking of YouTube, you can uh, you can also find these radio shows on YouTube. I record the video of it while I record it so that we get to use the material a couple of different ways. Um, and, and so we, we do our best to put out good information because I can tell you there's a lot of people putting out, in my opinion, bad information. Uh, and I want you to know how this stuff really works so that you can know how to plan to protect your family. Um, you know, estate planning, writing a will, writing a trust, whatever it's going to be. People tend to think it's all about, like the traditional estate plan is all about what happens if I pass away. Who's going to get the stuff? What's the tax situation? And it's all important stuff. But where the traditional estate planning fails is answering the question, well, what happens if I get really, really sick before I pass away? Um, because that's where people are losing their money. They're not losing their money to taxes when they pass away. I mean, most people aren't. They're not losing their their money to excess legal fees or expenses post-death. Where they're losing their money is the fact that nursing homes in this country cost $130,000 a year, and one in three seniors is going to end up with dementia. And when you couple that and a bunch of other scary statistics together— I could I could be facing sizable medical expenses on my way out the door, and how am I going to pay for that? If I get sick, how's my wife going to fare uh, in this situation? You know, and and so one of like my missions with what I do is trying to challenge what I call estate planning or advisor bias. There's a lot of bias amongst the planners against doing this kind of planning. And and I don't know if it's because of these preconceived uh, sort of misguided ethical issues or if they just don't want to learn new, ticks, new uh, tips and tricks. I, I don't know. I don't know what it really is. I, I imagine amongst the financial advisors, it's really hard to have a conversation with my client who I've been trying to make money over the years about how we need to protect it and maybe um, seek public benefits, right? I imagine that that's a difficult conversation, but I can tell you the good advisors are willing to have it. 
because what they really want is not is is not to feel so great about making you a bunch of money. What they really want is for you to have a better future. And sometimes that means planning for for bad times and, and understanding how our family is going uh, to endure this. And, and I'll tell you, we had a conversation with a client in the office here recently um, that was kind of the subject of last week's uh, episode about be careful what you sign because he's got a he's got a parent in a nursing home and they had signed a contract with a with what's called a continuing care retirement community that they pledged to spend certain of their assets before they would end up. Um, they they pledge uh, to to spend certain of their assets with regard to you know the the admission qualification process. I've got this much money, and because I got this much money, the nursing home or the uh, continuing continuing care retirement community will accept me. Um, other people go into the nursing home as like a result of a fall, right? Or you know they're in the hospital, they're being discharged, they're going to go to the skilled nursing facility, and and they're there before any paperwork is signed, before there's any financial disclosure. Now those folks often will end up on Medicaid, right? So this client of mine whose whose parent signed this contract, and we're trying to work with the nursing home to uh, to come to a reasonable solution about this family not going broke. Else, we may have to leave this nursing home and and go to one that has a little bit more compassion. But the, um, but he says to me, you know, my my grandfather was in this nursing home. My uncle is in this nursing home, and they went straight in, and they went straight in because they didn't have any money in their name, and Medicaid paid for it. So my mom has a little bit of money in my name. They're giving me a hard time. They want me to spend it all down. Like, why does my uncle, who was broke, get free care from the same building? that my mom who has money doesn't get free care. And the answer is because the system is screwed up and because, you know, there, there are different types of communities out there. Some of them require these financial disclosures. Some of them don't. Um, you know, I, I'll tell you just as an aside, there are nursing homes where we operate where, where um, some of the nursing homes don't like to work with elder law attorneys because we're going to talk to them about protecting grandma's house and we're going to talk to them about doing Medicaid planning and doing different things. And the nursing home doesn't want anything to do with it because all they're really worried about is their bottom line, even though, you know, they're air quote um, nonprofits. But other nursing homes, and some of these are for-profit nursing homes, other nursing homes, They've invited me to come and teach this stuff to their teams, right? So if one nursing home says sends an email to their organization that says you can't talk to attorney Tim Seckler because he's, he knows these things, and then the other organization says we're inviting attorney Tim Seckler in to teach our administrators and our billing staff how Medicaid really works so that we can help families protect their home and not go broke just because they need long-term care. Ask yourself, which nursing home would you rather be in? Which organization do you want to work with? And, and you know, there's, there is this thing out there. And, and so be careful who you listen to. I've had, I've had people go into nursing homes. I've had clients go into nursing homes. And the nursing homes gave them terrible financial advice. So I'll give you an example. In Pennsylvania, the healthy spouse, in a married case, the healthy spouse's retirement account does not count against the sick spouse for Medicaid eligibility. So in theory, a, a healthy spouse could have a million-dollar IRA, and their sick spouse could be on Medicaid benefits in the nursing home. So you still got a millionaire, but you got somebody getting free health care, okay? Why? Because they held their money in a retirement account rather than a joint account. If it was in a joint account, it'd all be gone, right? And now there's no good reason for that other than that's the way the rules work. 
But this nursing home had explained to my client about how they had too much money because they had a million dollars and they needed to spend the money. So then the healthy spouse starts writing checks from the retirement account, even though the person technically was Medicaid eligible, they just hadn't applied because the nursing home told them, you're not eligible, you've got a million dollars, right? And so these nursing homes and the staff in the nursing homes, most of them mean well, but I can tell you a lot of them make mistakes. A lot of them really don't know the nuances of the rules. And if you're taking Medicaid advice from the organization that's telling you you're not eligible for Medicaid and you shouldn't do anything to become eligible for Medicaid, perhaps you should get advice elsewhere, right? Um, and so, you know, and, and I'll tell you, that that's sort of the bias, and, and that's related to the nursing homes, the business model and practice. And, and look, and I understand providing care is hard, and I understand in this environment, hiring nurses is difficult. I've, I've got five jobs posted right now. I can't find people either. By the way, if you're looking, um, go to Indeed, go to our LinkedIn page. We are hiring, but let's get back to this. So um, that's that's the advice and, and the way that you end up interacting with the nursing home is, is entirely dependent on that nursing home's business model. And I got to tell you that not all the business models are the same. So just keep that in mind if you ever find yourself in one of these conversations that perhaps you want a tour guide to go through the process. Okay. Now, and now I want to talk a little bit about the bias amongst, um, advisors, accountants, lawyers, um, with regard to this. So, so I've shared on the radio before that I got into the elder law practice, helping people plan for long-term care as part of an overall estate plan because my grandfather went through a whole bunch of money when he ended up with Alzheimer's disease and, and, and so he had an estate plan. He had um, a revocable living trust as his estate plan. Uh, and the unfortunate part is revocable living trusts don't do anything to protect money from the nursing home. So when he ended up going into the nursing home, everything was still available. Um, and the lawyer that had been involved with the family didn't do much about it. Um, and so I called this lawyer. Sometime after getting my law license, which has been, you know, a long time ago at this point. But, and I said, you know, I'm starting this elder law firm based on my grandfather's experience. And I know you don't do this type of work. So maybe we can, you know, maybe we can co-counsel cases together. Let's save some people's houses. Um, and this lawyer, I wish this was made up. The lawyer says to me, Tim, I just people, I, I just think people have the obligation to pay their own way. And I was floored by the comment. Because the comment wasn't, I'm not interested. The comment wasn't, um, sure, Tim. The comment wasn't just, no, Tim, I got other solutions. The problem, the answer was, I don't think people should do this. This lawyer had let his bias about how he thinks the world works get in his way about giving clients, including my grandparents, proper legal advice, right? I mean, imagine if somebody came to me for tax advice. And I said, and I didn't give them the right advice because I felt in my soul that people should just pay more in taxes. And so I just didn't give this guy the advice, right? I mean, you know what we call that in the legal world is we call that malpractice. We call that malpractice. But for some reason, when it comes to elder law issues, we don't call it that. I don't know what we call it. We call it, you know, the ivory tower law firm answer to Medicaid planning. But, you know... It's just wrong. And I'll tell you, a couple of, a year or two later, I had a similar experience. I was invited by um, 
one of the local county bar associations, um, along with another guy, to teach an elder law course. So we've got 30 or 40 lawyers in the room, and and, um, the other lawyer who's teaching it with me goes first. And so I'm sitting in the back of the room, and this lawyer is up there giving great tips on how to help you protect your client's money. and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, yeah, 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 this all sounds good. I, I like how he's presenting this. It's all good. And I, in the row in front of me, there's um, two lawyers, older fellows, that are sitting there. And one leans over to the other who is reading a newspaper. One leans over to the other and says, these guys are just getting people on the system. They shouldn't do that. Right? I can't believe they're doing that. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, let's take that quote. Let's put it on your website, uh, and and let's tell the world that you think, for some reason that I can't define, you shouldn't follow the law that allows you to protect assets. Let's go tell your clients that you've probably been writing wills for for decades that you shouldn't protect money from long term care expenses. Let, let's let's go advertise that one, right? And you know, it, it just it it continues to baffle me how how close-minded people are to this type of planning. And and one more war story here before I, I you know I, I sort of digress and give you some actual information you can use is the um, very recently I had recommended the use of a document called an asset protection trust to protect a family's farm from dad's potential long-term care expenses that may be coming down the road. Okay, so we're going to put the farm in a trust. We're going to protect this farm. It's a multi-generational farm, and it would be a shame that just because of the current political climate that we have and the the current sort of broken rule book that we have that this multi-generational farm would be lost because dad may get Alzheimer's disease. Okay, that's just how I feel about it. And so we're going to protect it. And I had proposed the plan, and the family liked the plan. And then I get a call a couple of days later that they're not moving forward. I said, okay. And I called I called them back, and I said, um, listen, I don't think you've accomplished your goal yet. Tell me what happened. You know, you told me this was important. If you don't want to do it, that's fine. It's your call. But tell me why you changed your mind. And they, they said, our accountant didn't like it. I said, oh, Okay. Um, would you mind if I, and, and I asked why, why didn't your accountant like it? Oh, something about taxes. Okay. Would you mind if I called your accountant and just, just to get a better feel for what their concern is, maybe I can learn something here. Right. And so I called the lawyer, I called the accountant and I say, uh, sir, you know, I'm working with the, I'm going to make up the name Jones family here in the Jones family. Um, says that you've got concerns about doing asset protection planning. Um, What's up? And the guy says, well, you can't do irrevocable trust. It screws up this tax thing and that tax thing and this tax thing and that tax thing. And I said, well, okay, what if I could show you why it doesn't? And I went through each of his tax things, you know, because in doing this stuff, there's four or five different taxes that apply. And I said, well, if I draft the trust this way, it's favorable for this tax. If I draft it this way, it's favorable for this tax. And it really doesn't cause a concern for this tax. And, and I went through line by line with his concerns. And the accountant goes... Great. And I said, yeah. And I said, are you still opposed to giving the advice to this family that they do the planning? He said, no, it sounds great. I said, okay, would you mind calling them because you freaked them out? And, you know, here's the thing. Sometimes people are giving bad advice because they have a bias. 
Sometimes people are giving bad advice because they're professing to know something that they know nothing about. Um, and that's what this accountant had got himself into. He really didn't know what the heck he was talking about. He didn't know what I was proposing. He didn't know a darn thing about what I was doing. But he told him no uh, without doing the homework. And, and that stuff happens, okay? If you ask your local small town lawyer that does general practice, you know, the, the type of lawyer where she's doing divorces on Mondays and traffic tickets on Tuesdays and criminal law on Thursdays and writing wills on Fridays, right? If, if you ask that person, what do you think about trusts? They're going to say, oh, the trusts are for rich people. You don't need to do trusts. But the truth between me and you is they don't know what they're talking about. If you ask people, you know, they'll say things like, all you need is a simple will, right? We're, you're simple folks. They're like judging you. You're simple folks. All you need is a simple will. Um, okay. You know, but if you talk to people, if you talk to attorneys who really do this stuff, talk to an, a certified elder law attorney like myself or my team or anybody else that you can find that does this stuff, we all laugh when people use the word simple will. Because there's nothing simple about this stuff, okay? Choosing to do what's called a simple will, which I, I assume just means a short will, which which means that there's all these things you haven't planned for. Like, my will isn't 30 pages because I like to print paper and kill trees. It's 30 pages because there's important planning built into it. Um, but I digress. So, so all you need is a simple will. Okay, well, all you need is a simple will if you're of the assumption that you're not worried about helping your client avoid probate, save money on taxes, get it to the kids faster, save money from the nursing home, allow dad and mom to stay in control. If you're not worried about any of those things, then yeah, go get your three-page will. But if you happen to be worried about the things that actually matter, if you happen to be worried about the things that actually take away a family's life savings... If you're actually worried about answering more questions than just who gets it when I pass away, like if you want to answer the question, what happens if my son dies before me? What happens if somebody's disabled? What happens if my wife is in the nursing home? If I go to the nursing home, is my wife going to be broke? If you're worried about answering these really tough things to talk about, but in, in important things to talk about, then be careful who you listen to, because I'm just I'm just here to tell you that 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 there are people either because they're biased or because they're lazy and don't want to go out and, and learn the new stuff will give you a half an opinion. They'll give you a full opinion with half the facts. How about that? Um, and so be careful who you listen to. Um, if you turned into this show late, you are listening to the Life and Legacy Show. My name is Tim Seckler. I'm a certified elder law attorney. I own a law firm creatively named the Seckler Law Firm that is in Cranberry Township, Pennsylvania, and we serve families across western Pennsylvania. I've had clients from Erie to, to York and, and pretty much everywhere in between. Um, and, you know, my mission is, is just to help great families make great plans. I, I, I reject the lazy. I reject the superficial. We're going to have deep conversations with you about what you really want to accomplish, what your real goals are, and if you really want to plan well for your family, you ought to check out some of what you're do what we're up to here. You ought to come to um, one of our upcoming estate planning and elder law workshops, which you can find them. We hold them right in the office in uh, Cranberry. 
You can find out more about them at secularlawfirm.com. Go to the workshops tab. We have live workshops in person. We have webinars. We have um, we have pre-recorded videos that could provide some information. We've started a new Medicaid workshop series where if you have family members in a nursing home and want to know about how this system really works because you're not sure about what this nursing home is telling you, come to one of our Medicaid workshops. We'll tell you how the rules work. Um, my goal, whether you hire me or not, is to make sure that you're making an informed decision. Uh, and so, um, come check us out. The workshops are usually full, so make sure you RSVP, uh, so that we can make sure we reserve a seat for you. Um, <clears throat> all right. Now getting back to the, the, the myth of the simple will, it, the next time somebody tells you, all you need is a simple will. If you ever have a conversation with someone, it's not like people were talking about this all day long. But if you ever ask your guy, why do I only have a will? And they don't have a great answer for that. They just say, oh, you know, it's simple. We don't need to do any of that stuff. Ask, ask him or her these three questions. And if they don't have an answer to these three questions, then I might suggest to you that you want to go work with somebody who understands the answer to these three questions. Okay. The first question I would ask them is, what grantor trust rule do you include in your asset protection trust? All right. And they're just going to look at you with a blank stare because one, they don't have an asset protection trust that they're comfortable with Two, They don't understand the grantor trust rules. And if you don't understand, if you don't have a trust and you don't understand how these tax laws work, how could you possibly give advice as to whether one of these tools is a good, is a, is a good idea for your family? You know, when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And a lot of these attorneys, all they have is their simple will that they're going to take the other guy's name off of it and put your name onto it. And now you got yourself a will, but it's not a plan. That's a document. That's not a plan. So ask them how they draft their grantor trust rules in their trust. Now I'm getting a little nerdy here this morning, but it, you know, if, if they don't know the answer to that, then be careful about listening to their advice. Ask them how to calculate a Medicaid penalty period. You know, if I end up, if my mom ends up in a nursing home and we've given money away or we want to take um, some, some steps to protect assets, how do you calculate a medical aid penalty period? And if they don't know the answer, do not take long-term care planning advice from this person. They don't know what they're doing. Finally, ask them their success rate on Medicaid applications. What's your success rate? Now, lawyers aren't supposed to say that our next case will be successful because the past is successful, but it's a valid question, and I'm not even, I don't even care what their success rate is. The answer is they're not going to know because they've never filed a Medicaid application. So how could you give advice on Medicaid if you've never done an asset protection trust, if you don't know how to draft one, if you don't know how uh, to calculate a penalty period, and if you don't have a success rate at all, how are you qualified to give me advice? And here's one of the problems, right, with the law. One of the problems is that I'm an elder law and estate planning attorney, but I am perfectly licensed to walk into court today and do somebody's divorce. Now, I'm going to tell you, I don't know how to do a divorce. I've never done a divorce. I've never handled a divorce the whole way through. How would I give anybody advice on a divorce? When somebody comes to in a divorce... I hand it to the divorce attorneys, right? Uh, but I'm perfectly licensed to do it. And so people who do divorces in traffic tickets and criminal law, they, they see wills as an easy buck. You call these guys and you say, I want a will. They say, great, who's your executor? And then they give you a bill. 
They see it as an easy buck because nobody's ever going to say, well, that will document that you've been using for 30 years where all you're taking the name off of the old guy and putting a new name on the new guy. There's nothing necessarily wrong with the document. There's something very wrong with the plan because we never even discussed whether the will was correct. Um, but they can make a quick buck and you're in and out and, you know, you get your notary stamp on your will and you're out the door. Right. And, and that's how this stuff works. Um, and so that's why I'm awful proud of having the certified elder law attorney recognition, because if you're dealing with a certified elder law attorney, this is somebody that really does this stuff. Any law firm can put elder law on their sign, just like I could put divorce law on my sign. But that doesn't mean that you want me to handle your divorce. I'm sure I could get brushed up, but I don't intend to anytime soon. Um, and if you are really concerned about this, come see us. And, you know, we're, I am personally certified in this stuff, which is a really tough credential to get. Um, you cannot call yourself certified unless you've done this for a long time and taken some really difficult tests. Uh, and, and so be careful who you listen to. If you're concerned about this stuff, I'd be happy to give you some more information. You should come to one of our workshops. You can find them at secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R, lawfirm.com. Um, you can find pre-recorded episodes of this radio show that I think you will find beneficial. Remember guys that anything you heard on this radio show or any other radio show is not legal advice. You shouldn't take action just based on what you heard on the radio. If you have a legal problem, you need a legal solution, and you could go see a lawyer. We're available anytime, Seckler at lawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R, lawfirm.com. Thanks for listening this week. We'll check you out here at the same time next week. This has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. SecklerLawFirm.com or call 724-841-1393.